Hello and welcome to an all new episode of the Lisa Ann Experience. I am your host, Lisa Ann, and I would like to extend my gratitude to you for making me a part of your listening experience. As I know, there are a ton of podcasts out there for you to choose. And the fact that you're right here with me, I appreciate you. You keep me inspired to meet new people, to read books, to have great interviews like two weeks ago with Brooke Bentley, the author of Sideline Confidential. There's nothing better than getting a book in the mail and having this homework assignment to do some reading, just to sit in some quiet time and then to share the author with you. I love that being an author myself. There's just something so special about the author on the other end of the interview, knowing that you actually did some reading. And here we are. It is the holiday season, the hustle and bustle for everyone. As you can see, which you will see when you watch this, I air this every Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern time as a live premiere on my YouTube channel. My YouTube channel is the same as all of my other platforms, The Real Lisa Ann. I don't have any other other than my wine, Lisa by Lisa Ann, my book, The Life Lisa Ann. But my main profiles are all at The Real Lisa Ann. And so you listen on Wednesdays and then on Fridays, you have the opportunity to watch the video component. We sit in the chat. Now I will admit last Friday I missed again because I was invited to the DA in the morning with Babcheck, which used to be the morning men, which is the foul nation family, which is a family with Sirius XM that I grew a great relationship with over many years. And the fact that my new show, Better Haves with Brett Raybould, just premiered last Friday. When the invite came through, I was like, you know, this is really perfect. Brett and I should start going out and doing some things together, you know, really build our chemistry as this show which I'm actually loving. So Brett came, Lainey came, brought some girls. Addis was there. We had such a great time and it wasn't until I got home. So I was supposed to get home in time to do the premiere. So I left around, I don't know, I got there at six, I left around 7.50. But this New York City holiday traffic is so next level. It was an hour and 20 minutes and it wasn't walkable uh, because of the weather and because I had heels on. I thought about getting out and walking a couple of times, but I would have to walk through some really strange areas that I try not to. And at one point in this drive, we were on a main avenue and we were in dead stop traffic. And I don't know what was going on on the other side. There were, there were a bunch of police lights, but couldn't really see much. And we were next to this cab and I'm in a cab because by the way, when I'm leaving my place or when I have to be somewhere like the airport, I have somewhere at a certain time, I'll use an Uber. But when I'm on the street as a New Yorker, there's nothing better than hailing a cab. And cabs are a bit cheaper than Ubers. So there's that. So if one way you look at the price and know, and then the next you go home and you're like, oh, that was $25 cheaper. That's a huge difference. Thank you. Yellow taxi. So I'm always in a taxi. And also taxi drivers... You know, it's just so different. There's just a disconnect. You get in, they don't really talk to you. They're usually on the phone. I'm imagining, yes, we've asked with other taxi drivers. But there was a taxi next to us that just laid on his horn and didn't release for like 20 minutes. I could not believe the horn didn't die. I didn't know the horns could go for that long. I thought it was like you had to go back and give it more air, like you're pumping this horn. No. And it was so loud and he was just sitting there and it was an ironic moment because I look over at the other side of us in this traffic, there's a man and he's just, just calmly eating some cookies, having the time of his life, probably listening to some music or what have you. He's eating some cookies. We're in the middle and this guy is just like blaring us out. That's what it was like. So I didn't make it home in time for the premiere. By the time I got home, I was like, I missed it again. 
but I should make it this week. What's great about it is my community is in there and everybody knows everybody. So everybody starts chatting, but the fun thought that I finally got to share the moments that I've been creating over the past month with Brett Rabel. And I knew this was coming since Valentine's Day when I did the initial one-off show for Raw Comedy Channel, which is Sirius XM Channel 99. And they reached out to my agent. This could be something really fun. And we've been brainstorming this. And over the summer, I came up with the absolute has to be Brett Rabel. He's hilarious. He's so cool. I enjoy his vibe. He's, he's just great person, raised right, polite, funny, great banter. And we just clicked when we first interviewed together, which was here on my podcast, September of 2021. And I remember that day after I interviewed with Brett, I called Lainey, who's his PR girl. And I was like, Lainey, you got a winner here. Like this kid's dynamic. He's hilarious. He knows how to pick up on someone's cadence and really flow in with conversation, almost like you're doing an unscripted, you know, live television show, you know, and he's just, his timing is just perfect. And then he was the writer with his best friend for that play race, the play, the movie that then became race, the movie, the play. And I saw it twice off Broadway and I had him back on the podcast here with his co-star Dean Edwards. So I've had this like ongoing thing with Brett uh, and, and wondering how we were going to collab and this is it. So we have our six episodes of Better Haves already recorded. We took advantage of New York Comedy Week. We had some comedians coming into town that week. So we figured we'd get some interviews done. Our first episode was just us solo. That's available anytime right now on the SiriusXM app. You can just search Better Haves. And on my timelines, I've been making sure I've been putting out the link. If you're a listener like in your car, Channel 99, it airs live on Fridays at 5. And then it replays Saturday at 6 and Sunday at 8. So you can just look up the schedule and see when it's replaying. And I'll start to add that replay schedule onto my timeline as well. But the concept of the show is just fun. It's just, we came up with it as we were brainstorming together. Brett and I did some solo brainstorming. We did brainstorming with our producer, Paul, who is absolutely dynamic. And we're having so much fun working with Paul. And segments started to come to us just through these brainstorming sessions. And that's like what Brett was able to bring to the table was him putting a play together, what I was able to bring together was my radio experience where I can bring us in and out of topics, but he's so creative. And so you'll hear how we came up with our segment names. One is triggered. Like what triggered you this week? What's triggering right now? I think it's triggering when I get into an Uber and it smells so much like air fresher or cologne that I'm afraid it's going to absorb onto me. That is very triggering. At the same moment that I had that last week and it was cold out, and I was riding with the window down because I had just gotten my hair blown out. I didn't want it to smell like a green air freshener. My Uber driver starts eating and like chewing with his mouth open. And I was texting my girlfriend like, this is also triggering. So little things like that. We talk about better halves, worst halves. What did you do this week that makes you the better half or maybe the worst half? I think Brett is realizing that quite frequently I am the worst half. Uh, he is non-confrontational. He is, but you know, he does a couple of things. So you'll get that. And then we do dating questions. So you can email those in at better halves SXM, and that's for Sirius XM at Gmail. That's better halves SXM at Gmail. And so we're collecting these questions. We have all the social media set up again, same as the Gmail, better halves SXM. 
and we had a blast putting the six together. So the first is a solo kind of a get to know you. How did we meet? How it started? How it's going kind of thing. Brett did wear a tux into the studio that day. And then from there, each episode will have a comedian or two. Some we got two in studio together. Some we just had two separate interviews. So we're putting them together for longer episodes. And the goal is to get this show picked up by SiriusXM Raw Comedy. And we get to do this on the regular. It's a fantastic opportunity. And what has really come to me over these past couple of months, which started football season. So I've learned something about myself and we can always be observing, right? Are you always observing yourself? Are you checking in and out on your moods? Because you're not always going to be in a great mood and that's okay. You're always going to feel one sort of way about one thing, another about another, but sometimes you don't know what you're feeling and why. And I kind of got the exclamation point put on that. So in September, I started hosting Thursday night football at Sapphire 39 in the city. So I'm doing this for the whole season. And before I host, I record a podcast with one of the stars that's coming in to feature at one of the Sapphire locations, whether it's Times Square, 60th Street, 39th, that star comes in, sits down with me. And it's really cool because I don't have to worry about, is my mic connected? Uh, Is this going to download properly? Am I going to get bumped off the internet? I just get to walk in and be a host. And I get to be a host and be around so many people that I can look at and say, oh my gosh, that was me 20 years ago. Or, oh my gosh, I remember that same emotion when I first went out on the road. And it's very, very comforting for me. I am doing my best to bring out the best in everyone and to never put someone I'm interviewing in some of the spots that I've been in. Of course, you get into interviews as an adult star and you get asked some really weird questions. And that's okay. We get that. But some of them are repetitive and some of them are unnecessary weird questions or maybe they're too personal, or maybe they're about private information you don't want to give out. And so it's been fun for me to just really let the talent that's sitting in front of me be the best version of themselves and really show everyone on this podcast what they love about, you know, whether it's being on the road, things they like to do on their free time, hobbies, interests, goals, and I'm meeting some really incredible, incredible people. So I do the podcast. And then I have a bite to eat because Sapphire has really good food. And I know that sounds weird for a strip club, but they do. They have chefs at all of their locations and they're really good. Uh, The 60th Street has the biggest meat tray for $70. You can share with your friends. It's like amazing. Everybody talks about it. It's like one of the hidden gems in New York City. And it has a separate restaurant at 60th as well. So if you want to sit in there and eat and you're not in the club area, that's always appealing to people too. It's comfortable, more well lit. You know, you're eating in the dark all the time. So I eat. And then I chill out and I watch the game. And as I'm watching the game, I get to chat with some people that came in. Maybe they give me their phones to help them set their fantasy football lineup, although that's over now. We're in the playoffs. And or my friends come in, different groups of my friends have been coming in like every Thursday night, which has been great. I'm killing two birds with one stone because I'm socializing and working. My wine is there. So I get to go up table to table and talk to guests at Sapphire 39 about my wine. But more than anything, I've realized that My week has been set by that's the day that I know I'm getting out at the same time every week and going and doing something. My producer for the podcast, my right-hand man, and one of the right-hand men at Sapphire is Andrew. And Andrew and I have built this great relationship because 
after the podcast is done, we have an hour to kill before I go downstairs. Club isn't even open yet. And we just sit and talk about our weeks. We don't really waste much banter during the week. We save it all. We sit, we talk. And I got to meet his wife this year at Exotica. And I've gotten to be like in his sphere. And what I realized from this is how much I absolutely missed getting out. And it also hit me that when I get out, it's normally to go to the airport and be somewhere completely else. And I'm doing an event that I'm doing for three or four crazy long days. And then I come home and I get back into my things, which is my sports stuff, which is my podcast, which is working on my bookstore, filling orders, my things, things, social media. But going back into the building at Sirius XM was another reminder. And it kind of really clarified to me the value in this show is not just about being back on the air again. It's being around everybody in that building and feeling the energy of other creators and other shows going on and looking in the glass as you're walking by and having people look in the glass as we're walking by and and they're walking by and you just feel this thing. They turn the 35th floor common area into this awesome space for us in the building for Sirius XM. So it's like they have three floors, 35, 36, 37. 35 has this like awesome lounge. It has cold brew coffee on tap, has coffee machines, has snacks. And then there's all these areas to just like sit. And after I saw it the first time, because that wasn't done the last time I was in there. And since I've been in there, the building has been pretty quiet since the world reopened. And now I'm starting to feel that energy in there again. And now you feel the hustle and bustle and you see people that you've known for years that are like, are you back in the building? And I'm like, I am back in the building. I am doing my best to get back in the building. And so after the first day, I decided that each day I was going, I would go in an hour early. I would set up downstairs on 35. I'd get myself a coffee. I'd work on my computer, but I would just be around the energy of other people. And so what I've learned about myself over these past four, four months, five months is the need for me to also have that space to exit within the space where I live, to do things in New York. I'm now every Sunday at Sucker Punch and I'm become two weeks and I'm already super comfortable there. I know all their staff. I'm walking around and mingling table to table. Just so happened I met the greatest human yesterday. It was his birthday and he was one of the guys in 2018 that was trying to win a trick shot contest with me to be able to go to the NCAA final four in Indy. And so we connect now many years later. His whole friend group was there. We hung out. We had a great time. They shared, we, they had some wine. They loved it. Like I am now realizing that I'm using the space in which I live to get out and create and how much I missed that. I was either all or nothing. I was either on the go and totally out with bags packed, or I was working from home in my office, would get out to go to cryo and do my little things. And now I'm getting out for other things. And it's just been a reminder how we took what we learned, how convenient it was to do things, whether it's on Zoom, whether, I mean, sure, when it's miserable out like it is today, it's been pouring and windy, who wants to go to a meeting? That's a great day to just be like, okay, let's work from home and do things on Zoom. But getting into the building again, so much energy, so much excitement, being in the same room as a producer so Paul can chime in and we can look at Paul and we can talk to Paul and I can lead to Paul when I want a sounder to come in as opposed to being remote and either putting those things in in post or putting those things, you know, in 
kind of live, but they're kind of hokey that way. So it's been a great experience. I hope you support the show. It's my first time being able to just really talk smack in any space other than my podcast. It's not sports related, but we will be hitting some sports shows. I have us set up going back into the building twice this week to promote our, our show. We're going to go on Jim and Sam. We're going to go on DA and Bad Check, which is on Mad Dog Sports Radio. We're going to make the rounds. And the more Brett and I do together, the more we kind of formulate this real fun chemistry. So we went out to shoot content two weekends ago that you're seeing on my Instagram at the release. And, uh, I hired a team of creators. We went out in times square. We did all these like, uh, better halves interviews where we're asking people, couples, who's the better half when it comes to holiday gift giving, which was very fitting because we were in the winter village in times square. And Brett wore a white tux that day and he is so likable and so tall that he can just reach over people and, you know, pull them. So let's do interview. Let's talk. And everybody gravitates towards him. And as I was looking at our BTS photos, and our BTS videos, there's random people videoing us on their phone as if we're somebody while we're doing interviews. And it's just the greatest there's a picture of us eating a hot dog together on the steps of Times Square. And there's a girl behind taking a creeper video, making fun of us. And like, I love all of it. It's all just plain magic, but I'm thrilled to have this opportunity. I am so incredibly excited about it. So please support, go over and whether you listen on the app, SiriusXM has a new app. So if you haven't downloaded the app yet, download the new and improved app, way easier to, but you do, it is a new app. It's not an update. So you'll delete your old, old apps. Make sure you have your login. That's always stressful for people. Uh, go into your phone, see what your passwords were, write it down, set up the new app. You'll love it. It's very user-friendly. You'll be able to find our show uh, and it will be there earlier than 5 p.m. on Fridays. So it lands in the middle of the night, Thursday nights, kind of like my podcast lands in the middle of the night, Wednesday morning, Tuesday night, just like that. So you'll be able to see and hear it there and I'll be dropping clips. You'll be following. I'm trying to get Brett Raybold up to 10,000 followers on Instagram. He's at almost 7,000 right now. It's at Brett Raybold at B-R-E-T, just one T, R-A-Y-B-O-U-L-D. You'll see him tagged in a ton of my posts, but this is like super, super fun. A different way for me to use the experience I got on the radio, working with Sirius, taking classes with Sirius. But this time I just really get to be myself. I'm not studying anything. I'm not having to learn stats. It's just free flowing banter of nonsense. And we all need that. We find that little break in our day or our week can just be what we need to reset, whether it's I like to listen to funny things when I'm doing chores, you know, unloading the dishwasher, doing laundry. Uh, that's when I find like, I'll just lean in because then I'm not thinking about how much I do not like the task at hand that I'm doing. So check us out. Excited about that. Today's guests are right in my wheelhouse, right in my wheelhouse, because you all know if you follow me, if you're a new listener and you start following me on social, you'll start seeing something I do every Tuesday called Takedown Tuesdays. Takedown Tuesdays is my way to try and get rid of the imposters that are out there scamming people using my likeness. A lot of people have a misunderstanding about why I do this. I do it for two reasons. One, to make people aware that I am not running other, other pages because those pages will go to people who I interact with or who respond to my posts and they will send a private message that says something like, hey, 
This is my private account. I don't get to talk to all my fans. It's a scam. And they're eventually going to ask you for money. So I raise awareness. And then the second fold is you have a better chance with the algorithm if more people report at one time. So I use that angle as well. And Meta is very good about pages. TikTok, not so much. X can be good some days. It all depends. But this is less of a problem for me now because I've learned about something this year at Exotica, New Jersey. There was a booth. It caught my eye. I didn't have time to talk. Justin got a business card. I brought it up with other creators I know. And I found out this is the new way for us to kind of have our finger on the pulse of what's going on with our brands. The platform is called Brand It Scan. And today we're going to talk with Dale and Jessica, and they are going to share with you everything that I've been learning and leaning into. Great way for all creators to protect their brand Dale and Jessica from Branded Scan. Today's conversation is something that so truly aligns with me. Something I do on social media every Tuesday is called Takedown Tuesdays. And this isn't just to fight scammers and imposters, but to remind the world that these scammers and imposters are out there. Now I've got the great assist with the team at Branded Scan. And today you're going to meet Jessica and Dale, who are going to talk with us about the importance of the understanding of the why, the how, and what we can all do to protect our brand and likeness, as well as make others aware not to fall for these scams. Jessica and Dale, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Lisa, for having us. We're very excited for this conversation. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And and Jessica, I'll start with you. You know, when I first was introduced to your site uh, through Exotica, through the conversations that I get to have with so many great performers about what new tools they're utilizing, I immediately dove right in. What made you, what was the initial start to say this is important? Is it more protecting the brand and likeness or is it the removing the scams and the risk that it provides to our fans? Um, It's definitely all about the creator. Um, When we entered this space three years ago, uh, it was quite an inaccessible space, one that didn't have a lot of transparency um, and originally we, uh, as a team and our CEO, uh, CEO, Gino, he comes from a clip site and, uh, piracy was rapid, but there was no solution out there that most creators could afford. Um, and he essentially was like, Hey, you know, it's all about the creator's brand. That's where the money's at. It's in the keywords. Um, you know, when people are Googling a creator, what are they finding? And that's really what kind of stemmed off this project, which is branded scan. Um, definitely all about the creator. At the end of the day, the creators and the fans, the fans go where the creators are, and it's really all about them. And Dale, from your perspective, how much have you seen creators come forward with this moment like I had, like this is the greatest thing ever? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. It it does happen all the time. The thing is, you know, uh, a lot of creators, you know, when they come into the game, they, uh, they sometimes take a little bit too long to start looking at their piracy and start looking at what's out there for them. You know, there's a number of creators I've spoken with who, who, uh, for instance, haven't Googled themselves yet. And, and then they see it and it's a bit of a shock to them. And it's very comforting to know uh, that, you know, there is a solution out there that is looking out for their best interests that they can actually afford. Um, you know, it, for us, it's really satisfying to, to be able to provide this for them. 
Yeah, it is a very affordable platform. I was so obsessed with it the first day I tried it. I decided to just sign up for the year. Just go for it because I'm one of those people that likes to take advantage of the little bit of discount you get by paying for the year. But also, I want to support this company. I want to support Branded Scan and I want to educate more creators to utilize the platform because it's so educational. You know, when I first did my first scans, so. There were a little over 17,000 infringements my first night. I put about six, almost seven hours straight in. And you see pages that you've never heard of. So how does it actually work? I'll start, Jessica, again with you. How does it work that you're able to, by me putting in these keywords, my protected profiles where my content originally laid down, how do you populate all of this information? That's a great question. Um, it's definitely twofold. So we have two types of scans. The first type of scan is running on Google. It's actually mimicking a fan searching for you. It's all SEO. Um, it's looking at those results, pulling them. Uh, it's using uh, in, like basically intelligence to realize what may be you, what may not be you um, based off ranking and a bunch of other rules. Uh, that's the first type of scan. It's running on Google Images, Google Links, Google Video, anywhere Google. However, we recognize that piracy doesn't just end at Google. It begins at the websites. So the second type of crawler that we're running is on top piracy websites. Um, and we don't stop at just like the first page. What the crawler essentially does is it goes into the website, it goes in the search bar, it writes your name, populates those links, and goes on page one, two, three, four, five, we essentially will go into the entire pagination and collect all of that for you. Um, obviously, if you are a popular creator, you have a lot of pages. It depends if you've ever kind of run that before. Um, and we will actually take that and submit it for delisting. So if they were going to show up or haven't shown up yet, they're going to be delisted. And we're also going to send the takedowns. Uh, but yeah, this is essentially how it works. It's a twofold system of how we find those infringements. And when you say you delist, Dale, can you explain to my listeners what that means, uh, delisting, yeah. and then also followed by the takedown notice? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so um, it, it is twofold, like Jess says. Um, in terms of uh, delisting, what that means essentially is that uh, we're taking that link, taking that, that content and removing it from Google search results. And um, for us, we, we think this is the, the most essential tool um, I mean, I, I liken it to, well, you know, if, if that link is not getting any traffic, uh, that means the creator is not losing revenue on it. Traffic is, is, is king in this game. It's kind of like uh, if a tree falls in a forest and no one's there to hear it, does it really make a sound? It's that same principle. I like to think of it that way. Um, and uh, in terms of the actual DMCA, uh, for those who don't know, it's sort of like a, a cease and desist that goes out to, to the, uh, the publisher uh, it's a, essentially a legal document. So we have the technical side of it where we delist that content from Google. And we also have uh, sort of the legal side of it where the, the notice goes out. And when you send that takedown notice, what is the immediate response from whoever may be web running the site? How does it get filed with them? Does it go to them through an email? Does it go with their, if they're with GoDaddy, you know, who their domain host is? How does this work? Yeah, it, it typically, uh, it's an actual email that gets sent out to the publisher. Mm -hmm. We also do the registrant of the domain as well. So uh, essentially, the process kind of looks like this. We will send the email out if there's an email on file. Um, if they don't respond, 
And in most cases, these websites are not located in the U.S. They have no legalness to actually respond yeah. to the email. We'll go ahead and we're going to go to GoDaddy, wherever they registered their domain, which is public information. And we're going to try to find more information on them, send another notice there. Now, pirates kind of know that. So what they don't want us to do is delist them. Um, every website has kind of a credit score with Google. The more we delist them, the less and less they have a credit score with Google. Therefore, they get no traffic by the end. No traffic, no advertising money. Um, and we essentially kill off their domain with time. Um, so that, that's essentially what that process looks like and why we kind of escalate it in this sense. And Dale, can takedown notices and can takedown services remove everything for a creator? Well, um, in, in all honesty, and you know, we, we pride ourselves on being very, very transparent, uh, I'd say that the the mass the mass the um, the majority the vast majority of uh, of pirate sites are essentially non-compliant with DMCA uh, notices. So um, you know, delisting really is the best tool. Uh, it's uh, takedowns are not a hundred percent simply because these um, these publishers are out of jurisdiction of uh, to be effective with DMCA notices. So really, this is why we focus so much on delisting and, and getting the, the content off of, uh, of Google search results. We know the mass majority of, um, of the, um, the traffic is from Google. And um, if we can remove those links uh, from Google search results, then that's, that's half the battle right there. And when it comes to not talking social media, talking about content getting listed, whether it's from a provider's website, their OnlyFans, whatever it is that they may be doing. How do these pirates that then take this content and put it on their page actually make money? Ooh, I love this question. Um, essentially, and this goes out for the anyone from the moment you start any platform, no one is safe. This is very important. Um, anywhere you upload goes into a cloud somewhere. So the moment that you upload, you put it on your store, whether that store is free, public, card, you know, paywall, whatever it is, uh, pirators out there are using fake credit cards and they're purchasing that content. If your OnlyFans is free, you're just letting them in. That's, that's essentially the two rules. They go ahead and they scrape as much as they can and then they re-upload it to their websites. Now there, this is where they make money on advertising. Uh, beside every video, you're gonna see banner ads the same ads that you see on most popular tube sites. Um, and essentially that's how they make money. As a fan goes, they you know may click on the ad, advertiser will pay out the website, they view the page, advertiser pays out the website. Um, so that's essentially kind of how this system works. Now, they're also running paywalls <laughs> on your paid content. So your OnlyFans might be $15 a month. They're selling it for a dollar for the entire website. Uh, so it's a numbers game. I would rather, I mean, not me personally, but... Fans would rather pay $1, get access to 15,000 creators in their OnlyFans content than pay $15 each. Um, and that's another way that these pirates are making money. Do you assume at all, you know, one of the things I don't agree with with these platforms is chargebacks. Now, I understand chargebacks in unique situations. Let's say you purchase something and the creator does not supply that something, whether it was a custom video or whatever it may be. But what I feel with chargebacks is this is where a lot of the pirates are coming in. They stay for that month. Like you said, they scrape your whole page and then they, they go for a chargeback. So there's also that happening that I see it always because 
be very suspect because a, a true fan most likely is not going to charge back. They might cancel after their first month. They're not renew, but they're not going to worry about their $12.99. But I do believe a pirate would be. So pirates are not actually charge backing. It's the initial card holder. For example, if you've ever had your card scanned and you're seeing a bunch of OnlyFans charges, you're definitely going to charge back if you were not the one who processed them. Uh, so the chargebacks are are true and legitimate in a, in a chargeback sense because they are stolen. Um, but on the other hand, platforms do have the responsibility to ensure that the person who says that they own the card, now that can be solved in a multiple of ways. And I think that's something in the industry that is quite controversial that people are speaking about right now. Um, however, that would reduce their chargeback risk. Uh, essentially, for example, purchases over $1,000, potentially you may want a little bit more information. Someone who created an account a second ago and then bought $1,000 of content, that should red, uh, you know, raise a red flag. Sure. And that's where platforms have a responsibility to flag these accounts as they're processing those payments. Dale, are there any platforms that you guys are working hand in hand with, or is it mainly the creator solely handling their own brand? Well, um, you know, for us, uh, our, our bread and butter and, and the main thrust of all of our, our efforts are the individual content creators. Um, we do recognize that the platforms are extremely important. Um, I mean, all the creators are on platforms. Uh, we are working with uh, with a couple of platforms uh, as their as their preferred uh, DMCA company, and um, you know these are platforms that are are sort of moving in a, in a in a direction where they're they're looking out for the, the creator's best interest and they want to invest uh, in their piracy protection, and um, we think that it's something that it benefits benefits everyone involved. Well, yeah, because you get a double layer. And if a platform that's just building itself up that isn't that well known yet makes that part of their focus, even though the creator individually can have their own branded scan account at the same time, knowing that you're double backing with someone else and it would be like a gimme, like, hey, this is what makes us a little bit different. Once you've filed all of your takedowns with branded scan, we can double file for you if things don't get taken down. So you can give it that month, see what links are kind of lingering or weren't able to be removed or delisted, and then maybe they do an additional push. Now that we know the pirates are making money off of ads, Jessica, do you ever recommend that the creator buys some ads on some of these more well-known either tube sites or platforms? This is a really awesome question. Isn't something that's really being done at the moment. Um, but it highlights a need and a change. Um, you know, pirates are, have existed. They're always going to exist, uh, unfortunately, but it is what it is. You know, LimeWire existed at one time, Pirate Bay existed at another, and now we're dealing with a different game. We need to be changing for that game. And currently the game is traffic. Now, how can creators earn on that traffic? At the end of the day, that's, you know, sometimes I've even seen videos and the models ad, <laughs> but for like, other content that she may not own. So it's funny to see that. Um, I would love a, a world where the creator would be able to buy back pirate ad space. So, you know, that video may be old. She won't need to resell it. She doesn't have the capacity to anymore. It's just not valuable content. So she can reuse that to push traffic towards her other platforms that she may want. That would be a very, very awesome thing if possible not currently something that's being done, but really empowering the creators to make the platforms more money, 
make themselves more money. Um, and I think, you know, it's kind of the game of making money. So I, I don't see there to be not an issue in why creators shouldn't have the accessibility to place ads on um, ad networks and really help them earn. And that way we wouldn't delist the pirates because they would be working essentially for the creator. Um, they index well. So it, it's a shame to hurt an index, like a good index website. People pay millions of dollars to index websites well. Um, they're indexing. It would be great to keep them up and have them working with the models instead. And Dale, when it comes to creators, social media, this is a huge topic. And this is something that I have found your platform branded scan to be so incredible. I understand that we're at a total loss with TikTok because they seem to be the worst at reporting. I mean, I've spent a ton of money in legal fees this year to have a lawyer work on one account. That's just been a monster and it, and it has 30,000 followers. It takes my stuff in real time. It sells items. It puts up fake Shopify stores and about every three months we have to go through about a 72 hour span of just like fighting everything, going to Shopify, going to Poshmark, going to all of these things. Other platforms, I, I when I am interviewing stars in the industry and I, and I go to look up their Instagram, I'm shocked that they haven't put any time into just trying to stay on it. You know, I started Takedown Tuesdays because I learned with the algorithms, with reporting, if people mass reported at the same time, we had a better chance, especially with Meta, to get those removed same day. Doesn't mean they won't pop back up. How important do you think it is for creators to stay on top of those accounts on social media? Oh, it's, it's extremely important. Um, it's, a, it's a really good point. And, um, you know, the, the social media pirates who, you know, with the catfish and everything, um, super pervasive and, and, and really, really determined to keep creating accounts. Um, uh, you know, some of them are using AI bots to just randomly create accounts and then you know, especially for even more popular stars, you know, what we're seeing is that, um, you know, someone like yourself, for instance, might take down 15, 20, 30 accounts in, in, in one sitting. And a few days later, there may be uh, another 10 just pop up out of the blue. Right. So it's it's extremely important for creators to to consistently go in there, take a look at these accounts. Um, at the same time, we don't want them to take down fan accounts because those actually help the models. Um, which is why we make we 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 have them differentiate on our platform. Um, but um, can I say a lot of the scammers have learned that the platforms don't take it down if it's a fan account, and they're actually the worst in the direct message because they direct message all of my own friends, and my friends who have liked a post will screen grab texts for messages for me to be like, you know, this is for just my special fans. I don't have time to talk to everybody on my main account, and they hustle people out of so much money. Yeah, this is why uh, these types of pirates need like an additional scrutiny. Um, you know. Creators really need to go in there consistently and take a look at these uh, these accounts and and consistently action them uh, to keep them at bay. It's it's just one of those things that uh, that that they have to keep working at. Um, there's also uh, sorry, I'm gonna jump in. Uh, one legal aspect about catfish that are important: um, the DMCA law is only for files like photos, videos, gifts, etc., avatar photos. Um, whereas a catfish profile is just code. Uh, so DMCA does not actually protect code. Um, and this is what makes catfish profile so difficult is that legally 
uh, it's a trademark issue. It's it's not a DMCA problem. So when you're asking a platform to take it down, you're just at the mercy of their terms and conditions. Does their uh, terms and conditions cover imposter accounts? TikTok has an imposter terms and conditions. They get to apply it as they want unless you have a trademark and you start going the legal route. Other than that, um, in theory, we could do DMCAs for all the photos on the profile, but the profile can stay. Your name is not protected under DMCA. So very important distinction as to why not all profiles may come down. And is it an important thing for you, Jessica, to speak to creators, especially when they're new? Because when I meet new talent, I normally have this same conversation with them. Like, have you trademarked your name? What are you doing to protect yourself? Do you know to trademark it for AI as well? How often do you have these conversations with somebody coming to you? Because having that trademark will give you that edge legally when the DMCA will not be efficient to take down a page or some content. It's it's so important um, to be copywriting your videos. I think copyright goes for about 40 something dollars a pop, but it's very much worth it. It's important to have uh, legal advice so that you are filing for an LLC so that your copyright is not in your legal name, but in a business name. So you are protected and in your lawyer's name uh, as well to file a trademark. Do not file a trademark by yourself. It is public information. Um, There needs to be an address that's public, a legal name that's public. Don't have it in your name, have it in your lawyer's name. And there's a lot of lawyers out there who know what they're doing, know how to service adult content creators, understand the anonymity that is needed. Um, But everyone should be doing this. You know, if if you don't want to stay in this industry long term, thresholds about six months for most creators, that's okay. But if you're looking to make a career out of this and you know that you love this industry and you don't want to leave, that moment you've made that decision, that's the moment you should go get some legal advice. And Dale, when you bring someone new onto the platform, let's use a hypothetical performer or creator has been doing, putting content out there for, let's say five years. They have never stepped into the realm of let me search myself on all. I mean, I do it every day. I search myself on all platforms every day. And now every morning, the first thing I do is check your page. I go to my, my plant play page on branded scan. I see what happened overnight that I do it before I go to bed. I find it very soothing. I just want to let you know that. When you meet someone new, what are the first steps you would tell a creator? And for anyone listening, this isn't just for creators in our space, correct? You could be creating music or cooking videos or anything that's associated with a brand that you want to protect. How do you start that conversation, Dale? Oh, well, I mean, um, you know, bringing somebody onto the platform, uh, there are certain things that, that I would have them do. Um, in terms of the stage names, for instance, stage names alone, um, just to be sure that um, there we are scanning for, you know, the proper stage names, uh, like in terms of what are how are people searching for you? You know, what are they using to find your pirated content? Um, you know, we scan for three different brand names for for each of the uh, creators that sign up to us, um, you know, and um, aside from stage names and what we're scanning for. Uh, I also emphasize that um, they need to be making sure that um, that their whitelists are up to date. You know that uh, that uh, listed on their account, we have all of the legitimate places that uh, that they do upload content, like their OnlyFans, like their 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 many of it's whatever platform they use to to um, uh, upload their content. Make sure that's all whitelisted. Make sure that the brands they've worked with, whether they work with, uh, you know, studios, for instance, uh, some of the major studios that we all know, have those listed so that um, that 
those aren't being touched as well. So, um, you know, these are some of the things that I try to lay out. Um, it takes a little bit of uh, a little bit of uh, manual labor involved there, but it's all for the model's benefit. And Jessica, since you, how long have you had this product out for us that I just found out about? Um, we've been in business for, I believe, about three years. It's gone by very fast. Um, three years, we have had the pleasure of, you know, meeting models in person. Wish I had met you earlier. Um, going out to the shows, uh, we're really big on uh, social media and connecting with the creators as well. That's always been since day one. Uh, the number one thing we're focused on is real people, real conversations, um, and being accessible as well. Yeah. I mean, the first night I was working on the platform, I asked a question by DM on Instagram and got an instant response and went back and forth, you know, and, and that's so helpful because we always wonder when you start with something new, where's the quickest way at that same time I had sent in a ticket with a question that I had, and that was responded to right away. I mean, I literally was sitting there and was able to, to not have to say, okay, well, they'll probably get back to me tomorrow. I'll write a post it. So I don't forget that issue I was having and no, Within an hour, all of my issues were resolved. And I thought this, and that was what I decided, just pay for this for the year. You're in love with this platform already. Your growth has probably started to really tick up, but I think the education of making everyone aware why it's important for the creator. On your platform, you show us how much revenue we're actually losing with these sites that are charging for our content. And that number blew me away. And I think more performers and creators seeing that number would make them take a little step back and go, it is worth putting my time into this, right? Yes. Um, something important is um, if you uploaded all those pirated clips over to a tube site and you actually just monetized it, um, those views, which is why we give you the view count and the average loss, the idea behind it is if you uploaded it to a tube site, you got those earnings back because tube sites do index quite high on Google when we start to delist the bad stuff. They're all pushed towards the tube sites. Do it. Get your money back. Don't put everything behind a paywall either. Um, there's money in tube sites. I mean, they're some of the most visited websites in the entire world. Be sure that you're claiming that traffic and traffic is money. It's, it's actual money. Um, and that's definitely why we have that lost revenue uh, average because when it comes down to it, we want to remind someone that views are money, clicks is money, and this is money that you should be claiming as much as you can. And Dale, what are the future goals for Branded Scan? How large would you like to see this get? And how many creators would you ideally like to utilize, have utilized your platform? Well, ideally, I mean, they'd all use Branded Scan, but, um, <laughs> you know, that that's... Uh, uh, that's not the most uh, realistic outlook. Um, you know, we, we're we're all about the models, and um, we're looking to onboard as many as we possibly can, and and spread the word that we are looking out for their best interests. Um, but I mean, uh, look, the way we look at it, you know, uh, piracy protection is like a box of chocolates. You, you try us, you try other companies. You know, uh, the point is to consistently action your piracy, and um, that that's. That's how we operate, and that's um, there's just room for everyone. Essentially, um, we want to be the right uh, piracy protection company for all models, and uh, we're going to continue to create new tools and continue to innovate, and also continue to to sort of um, you know uh, 
be out front and, and converse with models and interact with them. Uh, we see them at shows. Uh, we, we talk to them. We actually give them our time. And um, that's one of the things that we really pride ourselves on. This is something that uh, we're going to continue to do. And, um, you know, uh, there are actual faces behind this company. And Jessica, if by chance, let's say, uh, 50% of us are consistently working on our brand at scan profile page and making sure we're checking in with it and, and working on all those delisting notices, because for, for anyone who hasn't used the platform, the beauty is before you delist it, we get to go in and approve. And what I love about that is let's just say you forgot to put a site on your whitelist, then you could say, oh, this is one I forgot to put on my whitelist. Let me add it to a safe place and not have it delisted. So we have the control of making sure we're not, you know, you forget sometimes you work for a smaller yeah. company. But ideally, would the pirates start to move on to creators who aren't fighting them back? I understand there'll still be pirates always, but will you be maybe in a space where you're not as easy of a target, they're going to move on to somebody that's never taken action to protect their own content. That's hard to say. Um, but what I at least have seen is that the pirates will go for the names where money is. Um, so the names that's that, me. yeah, that's me. So I think you're, you're in traffic. Me. I still drive traffic. Okay. One um, of the sayings <laughs> in my life is I drive traffic. I say it to people all the time. Don't worry. I drive traffic. Okay. <laughs> um, so with that in mind, they simply get smarter, um, and they will continue to adapt new changes again, because it's worth it for them to do so. But I think it's important again, for the individual model, we may not be able to change the entire industry, but we can make a difference for you as an individual. Um, and that's really where the focus should be. And I also say like, you know, you could be in this industry for one year, 10 years, you can retire. Um, for example, when you go into retirement, what do you want your brand to look like then? Um, phases of life change and your phase of your brand, you may want that to change as well. Uh, and that's really where, again, brand scan can come in and help make some changes so that if you, for example, don't want to be as strongly associated with pornography, that's absolutely a choice. Um, you don't need the digital baggage if you don't want it. And you have the choice in your afterlife to make those changes as well with Brandy Scan. It's not only for active creators. And Dale, closing statements. I'm going to go Dale first, then Jessica. I love the platform. I'm so thankful. It was Ruby Lynn that initially started to talk to me about it. And then I had my, my guy that travels with me went and grabbed a card uh, when we were at Exotica because I was too busy at my booth and I could see the booth and I was like, oh my gosh, now I see it twice. I hear it the night before. I see it the next day. I immediately dove in. It gives me an incredible amount of comfort to just like that first run where I said the first night I was on for six, seven hours, I was like, why step away? Just, just get through the meat and potatoes of this, let this thing start working. And now it's just part of my daily act. What could you say to somebody who's considering getting into the industry and how to start properly with creating content and protecting that content from the jump? Well, I mean, I think my advice would be don't wait to action your piracy. I see it all the time. Uh, people wait way too long to actually uh, take a look and see what's out there and, 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 and take action using a, a platform like ours. And what you're talking about really in terms of, you know, that initial 
a bit of a shock when you see what's out there for you. I mean, you said 17,000 links. That's that's massive. Um, you know, I, I live for these conversations where it's like, you see, you know, uh, <laughs> it's like this revelation. Um, yeah. But it's a, it's a weight off their chest when they can actually action them and they can see where their, their work is actually going. Um, it gives me a lot of comfort to know that we can provide a service like this. And we are constantly looking to improve and work with new partners. Um, we've even uh, burgeoned into uh, working with agencies as well. Um, and so the agencies we work with are, are agencies that are looking to to help their creators earn more revenue and take control of the piracy that's out there, take control of their brands, because ultimately, I mean, uh, their, their, their brands, um, their bread and butter and the trust between them and their and their fans, I mean, it's going to be essential for them to uh, take control of their piracy protection. And, you know, too, if we're doing it and there, there's an aggressive 20% of us doing it, I can imagine that some of these takedown notices and delisting is going to add up because if it's one big piracy site and all of us are aggressively working on delisting, then like you explained to Jessica as credit, you know, their credit value really starts to go, but it is a team. It's a collective effort between individual creators and all working through branded scan. Correct, Jessica? Yeah, I, I've seen uh, piracy websites, like entire domains come down. They pop up with a new name. Sure. Of but <laughs> it's the fact that we got them down in the first place. Sure. And we make them rework again. And they have to start from zero with their Google SEO, rebuild it back up so we can take it back down. And we will just, we'll keep going. It's why automation is the name of the game. They're automated. We have to be double as automated as they could be and really on top of it. Yeah, it's a tug of war. It's a constant tug of war, right? This is what they do and this is how they make money. So they're going to be creative, but the more we can make them struggle, the better off we all are. And some of them, like there were a lot on Reddit, which I was very surprised. I did not know that Reddit allowed adult content, um, which I don't think they do, but somehow nobody notices it. They don't have enough followers, but Reddit, it comes right down. So because Reddit does not want that content up there. And Reddit's a huge one. Uh, we definitely do scan Reddit. It's uh, There's a lot of people uh, in niche communities who use these to find other creators in a niche. Um, platforms don't always have like the greatest search to find your niche. And that's really where Reddit comes in. There's entire subreddits that exist, speaking of niche content or essentially like, like content. Um, and they're exchanging notes and they're exchanging websites. Um, they're also exchanging piracy. So they um, are. And this, yeah. this is a Reddit is very much a generation that grew up with everything being free when it came to content. You know, the younger generation, Pornhub was where they saw their content. They didn't even think twice about the fact that this is completely stolen content, right? That's just where they went. It became a brand before they realized you had brought up Napster and those sites earlier. If you're a creator, you will never watch stolen content or listen to stolen music. Like it's just not in us. I, I won't do it for UFC. People are like, oh, I, I get it on this link. I'm like, but people are working for that. Why would you steal it? If you can't do it, don't do it. So it's just a mantra. I think being a creator, you're more guarded with your content and you have a lot more respect for the work and dedication people put into their content. And I have a ton of respect for what you, Jessica and Dale, have offered to us as creators. I'm so thankful that 2023, I got myself on Branded Scan and immediately I reached out, was like, can we have a conversation about this on my podcast? Because my listeners know 
it's not just the money for me. I worry about the money coming from my fans that are getting scammed. I worry about lonely people that are marks on social media by saying, I love you a million times. And then an imposter rolls in and says, this is my private account. Oh, I need money. And they send the money. So this conversation goes both ways. It goes to protect those out there. And also if you are a viewer content, support your creators. Don't be tempted to go to a pirate pirate site. Don't do the dollar membership. Do the full membership because your creators are out there working hard for you. Just like you two, Jessica and Dale are working hard every day at Branded Scan. I thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having us. That was an incredible conversation, and I could not believe that I did not know about this sooner. This is just something that is so important to me. And really, yes, the loss of income is one thing when it comes to people stealing your photos and your content, but really the misleading information to a buyer, to me, is the most important thing because as I build a community, I want to protect my community. And I don't want, if my community wants to spend money on content, I'm pretty sure they'd rather spend it with me on my page. I do have a fans page. It is the same as all of my other platforms. And that's the real Lisa Ann. So I, I use uh, OnlyFans as my library of all of the content that I own. I also direct message. I check messages for a couple of hours a day. Uh, I do solos that are only for members that are only in the DM to be unlocked. Like I do still participate and utilize the page. And so what I'm most protecting is making sure that my followers are not spending money somewhere that is not connected with me and that they're getting the best content. I don't want them messaging someone that's not me. I want them to know it's me. And because I do my page myself, everyone understands I get a lot of messages and I do my best to just go through for an hour or two a day, every day. Uh, so sometimes they sit, but then I do catch up. So there's that. And this was a great conversation. I appreciate Jessica and Dale coming on and sharing when I found out about this platform and dove into it for that six, seven hours, night one, I was like, this is a conversation I want to share with my followers, hopefully teaching other creators about the platform and also sharing with my followers, my listeners, my viewers about this new enterprise. It shows you that though these imposters are bad, though these scammers are bad and people stealing and piracy is bad, at the same time, it creates more jobs. There's more innovation. There's more technology needed. And then there's Dale and Jessica. So there's that silver lining in everything. There's a there's a bad that balances out the good always. And now this is a space for a company that can grow to not only protect us, but to create other jobs for other people in the space. So it's a fascinating kind of circular thing that I love. And I had to share this conversation with you. December has been a great month for my podcast. Matt Labrie was amazing last week. Brooke Bentley. And I'm going to surprise you with a little special solo. I like to close the year out, just me and you. We'll kind of give a recap. I'm going to give you a recap of how beautiful my year was as I've been trying to put together a recap reel and I am still only at April and I'm putting like a half an hour a day, some days, two hours. I've gone a lot of places last year, flying over 240,000 miles. Uh, it's going to be difficult, but I've got a lot of joy to share. It's going to be a fun one. There'll still be a mailbag, which will be coming up in a moment. But before I do, I want to remind you, NBA is here. It's NFL, you know, Playoffs coming up around the corner. You know, this is happening. Um, let's not talk about my Dallas Cowboys, Buffalo Bullet Bills. We will not talk about that game right now. But it was awful. It was really awful. Uh, but tickets are what you're looking for and gifts are what you're looking for. So to me, the holidays aren't stressful because I really don't buy gifts for anyone. 
And when I tell people that, they're like, what? You don't buy gifts for anyone? I don't. I buy experiences. So uh, I went to the Rockettes again on Saturday. I took Jess. This time, Jess had never been. Um, it's more important for me to spend time with somebody than it is to just buy them something that then they have to manage. Maybe they don't like it. They'll feel guilty getting rid of it because it was a gift. All of that. Buy an experience. That's where Ticket Revs comes in. Go to TicketRev.com to learn all about the platform and download the Ticket Rev app. You can get tickets, you can customize it. And the most important part of Ticket Rev that we all love is that buyers pay no fees. So whatever you check out, that's going to be the price at the end of the day. Sharing an experience with someone and making a memory is so much better than just buying another thing, stressing yourself out. I see people now, like I get to just window shop during Christmas and I see other people just like, oh my gosh, you know, stressing so much, carrying so many bags, spending so much money. And these are all things that are just going to be exchanged within each other and we're going to move on. That memory is forever. You'll remember going to the Rockettes. You'll remember going to a Knicks game. So Ticket Rev is the place to do all of that. You can follow on all social media at Ticket Rev. And for all of you, the moment that you've been waiting for, the mailbag is here. If you want to be a part of the mailbag, you can email me at asklisaann at gmail.com. The wild ride that is the mailbag, it is taking me a little time to sift through, so I need your curiosity. Bring me your best. Email it to asklisaann at gmail.com. Let me read some good emails here. I only found three today, but they're good ones. So let's start with this one right here. Hi, Lisa Ann. I know you have a workout routine, but do you track it? Like with an Apple Watch or a journal? I'm trying to find ways to stay more consistent and motivated with my workouts. I was wondering if you have any tips. Keep being you, Samantha. Thank you, Samantha, for the email. And this is a great one. So I know that I have friends that live and die by the Apple Watch. Whatever it is that you want to use to set yourself daily goals, mine is more of at this point a habit because I know when I wake up in the morning, the first thing I'm doing is getting ready to go to the gym. I try not to even think about it because when you do think about it, you think about maybe not going to the gym. So what I try to do is just be in this like movement of, I'm getting up. I'm putting on my gym clothes. I have mouthwash in my mouth, waking me up a little bit. My earbuds are going in. I'm getting my towels, my, my water and 15 minutes I'm down there. I literally wake up there. So for me, tracking it isn't a thing, but when I get really busy, like I've been this past couple of months, I do put my workouts in my planner, almost like an appointment. And the reason I do it is so that I don't schedule something too early. That's going to conflict and make me not be able to go or not have enough time to go. I also will make sure that if I'm looking at my mornings and they're tough, I have an evening that's light, I'll schedule to swim in the pool. So I kind of am writing it down. When I want to get really, really detailed, I'll take out a separate notebook and I will write my goals for the month. One page is my goals, whether it's a thousand jumping jacks a month, you know, breaking it down to 250 a week, uh, how many push-ups, how many, and then I will factor those in two days of the week. So you could write yourself a crypt sheet, like what you want to do. And I will say this, going to Instagram and searching fitness, there are so many great fitness instructors teaching you new moves. And so I'll find myself getting a little bit bored with my routine and I'll go on IG and I'll find one or two new things and I'll add them in. And then when you go back to your other things, they're fresh again. So you can always be growing and learning and growing and changing. But if you want to stick to it, schedule it. 
Decide what you're starting with. Is it 30 minutes a day, five days a week? Is it an hour a day, three days a week? And set yourself realistic goals. Don't make it a five day a week thing if you don't want to. Do three days a week, but try and be moving uh, 20 minutes a day on the other days, whether it's just a walk, if it's not nice out and you can just walk on the treadmill. It doesn't always have to be a grueling workout, but movement is very important. When I'm on the road, I will just do yoga in the hotel room. Super easy. It still gets me moving. 40 minutes will fly by. I'll just go to an app and and watch a yoga video and and get with it so that I don't have to worry about skipping because maybe I don't have enough time to go all the way to a gym and get back. But however, it's going to make you stick with it. We're here. We're at the part of the year where everybody writes New Year's resolutions. So if this is one of your New Year's resolutions, Samantha, get yourself a really special fancy journal with some fun colored pens and get at it. And then go down the rabbit hole on Instagram, favorite your favorite influencers, fitness trainers. I always save them so I can go back into a folder and be like, okay, I love these 10 so much. Uh, And you'll find that it motivates you and inspires you. And also looking at them and how great they look is also motivating and inspiring. So try that for you. But an Apple Watch is not a bad idea if you want to track steps. That's a great way to do it. So stick with it and make it simple and make it enjoyable and find things that you find fun. Because working out should also be your adult playtime. It should also be when you're having fun. So think about it that way too. I look at it as my adult playtime. That's why I always shoot hoops. Next question, subject matter, TV slash movies. Hey, Lisa, I've got some questions for you. Are you more of a TV person or movies? I can watch movies all day, but not as many TV shows hold my attention. What are some of the shows you're watching right now? And what are some of your favorite movies? Happy holidays, Sean. So I go back and forth, you know, when I'm on a flight, like the Australia trip, I got in a lot of downtime with TVs, with movies. And I also watch Succession, but there's a time and a place for it, right? TV shows that I'm watching right now, a lot of my shows have ended. Billions ended, uh, the morning show ended, which I think is coming back another season. But a lot of shows were like, whatever was out, SAG was on strike, we're kind of at this spot. Power is a show that I can't live without. And I'm so glad that 50 keeps doing more spawn off runoffs of we're on Raising Canaan right now, the second series. And I love Patina Miller who plays his mom. She's fabulous. So it's on Friday nights and I can't wait to watch it when it's on. I actually can watch it Thursday night and sometimes I've been bad and I'll get home from watching the game at Sapphire 39 and I will watch Power, even though I know I should go to bed because I have to get up early, but sometimes I have to watch it. Uh, So I love Power. If I want some brainless television, I go down the reality TV rabbit hole and I go to 90 Day Fiance, Love After Lockup. All of those trash shows before the 90 days, after the 90 days, there's always a series I haven't seen yet and they're very like they're kind of a, a, a system. Like there's, you know, what's coming up. If you missed a couple, no big deal. They do so many recaps. I feel like you only get 20 minutes of new TV, but I love them. Some of my favorite movies, uh, go back and watch re movies. For some reason I could rewatch the devil wears Prada more times than anyone else. Okay. It is such a great movie. And that's why I loved when I interviewed Brooke Bentley, she talked about sideline confidential was, The Devil Wears Prada meets the NFL meets sideline reporting. So great story for her novel. Uh, Devil Wears Prada, Step Brothers, the other guys are like always. 
Couples Retreat is just one of those movies that just kills me. It's so funny. Uh, Bad Moms, Bad Moms Christmas. I watched the other night. I'm watching like one Christmas movie a weekend right now. And they're usually like, not like popular, great Christmas music. The movies they are like rom-coms or like slapstick comedy. Um, so I go back and forth, but I don't get a lot of TV time because if I do have the TV on, I'd say 90% of the time it's either on sports, uh, McAfee show, uh, ESPN, NFL network, or NBA TV. Like I am that that's where I am. I don't watch the news. I will read the news on my phone, but I don't really watch the news because I'm watching my news, which is ESPN. And there's so many great shows on. And then there's McAfee three hours a day, five days a week. So it's a lot of sports for me. But when I get time to just disconnect, I find that I like to watch things that are comforting. I'll find myself just blazing through a couple episodes of House Hunters International. Such a great reality show. Yes, I love the narrator's voice. I've mentioned this before. But it's really about going to different countries and learning about the cost and learning about the way people make money there and, and expats and all of these different things. And they take you to like either the food of this city or a, a, something they do as a pastime in the city. So you like learn about these quirky little things that you'd never know. For me, it's like virtual traveling. So House Hunters International is cool. Uh, but there's a lot of great shows like that. But sports is really my jam. Happy holidays. Back to you, Sean. We got one more. This is a big one. It's from our favorite emailers, Mark and Peggy. Hello, Mark and Peggy. Mark started a podcast. And I'm so excited. Hello, Lisa Ann. I really enjoyed your podcast tonight. You mentioned going to the Radio City Music Christmas show with the Rockettes. This brought me back to the memories of me attending the 1966, 67, and 68 shows. I was stationed in the New York City area during the holidays at different duty stations all three years. I've never been back but I still remember the delight I felt at the time. It is a delight. And I said to Jess, like, Jess, yes, this is my third time going this year. And yes, I've gone every year except the pandemic year, but it is just pure joy. It's such a simple escape. And I will say for the very first time, Mark and Peggy, I saw a rocket fall. And I don't know how I forgot to put this in the monologue, but it's great that I got to add it in here. A rocket fell. It was the very first opening dance where they do the leg kick and one fell got up so fast, but the way the theater gasped, it was like when an NFL player goes down and does it and, and is down and everyone's quiet. It was like the, the air was sucked out of the room. The recovery was quick. But the night before I was telling my friends, like I keep going and keep going and waiting to see a mistake. And then the next day I see a mistake. It is pure bliss. The Rockettes are worth seeing. Any seat is a good seat the way that, that, that hall is built, Radio City Music Hall. I feel it's better in the mezzanines because the floor seats are very expensive. And also if you're short, like myself, quite often you can't see very well in front of you. Whereas when you're a bit higher, you get the whole stage. You see everything so clearly, the orchestra, when it comes up through the back, it's just beautiful from a little bit elevated. So that's that. Mark says, I love Suze Randall so much. I heard about the Kickstart program a couple weeks ago and jumped right onto it. As I told Holly when I contacted her, I don't understand how I didn't get it back in 77 when it came out. I was 30 years old and in photography of nudes at the time. I can't wait to read the book. I saw on Patreon on the 29th, they've gone over their goal, so the book will be done. I would imagine it will have so much demand, they will have to do a larger printing to satisfy all the Suze and Holly Randall fans. I was able to see Holly's first podcast where she had her mother and father on. It was great. Such a loss. I'm sure to Holly and her brother and sister, especially to Suze, 
He was that woman's whole life. Without his encouragement, I wonder how much she would have done. Humphrey was a very special man. He really, really was. It's a great loss. Have a good holiday, my friend. I know Peggy and I will think of you often because you come up in conversation with us a lot. I think I'm going to be able to get Peggy to talk with me on the podcast. She doesn't like to say more than hi on it. I'm trying to get it done in time to broadcast on or after December 10th. It will be about our memories of the 50 years we were married on November 21st. Wish me luck on getting her to talk. I will have to do most of the talking, I'm sure, but it's a step in the right direction. Your friends and fans, Peggy and Mark, AKA Mac the Light. I love this so much. Congratulations to Mark and Peggy, 50 years of marriage. I hope you get her to talk on the podcast. And you're right, Holly Randall and Suze, dynamic humans and cornerstones in my life. And I don't know if you know this or if anybody here knows this, but Kay, who is my Swiss army knife in life, Kay is my creator, my editor for my podcast, produces the whole thing, gets it up for me, does all of this, travels with me, shoots all my vlog content for my YouTube channel, taught me YouTube, actually taught me YouTube. I was not utilizing YouTube before I met Kay. I met Kay through Holly. Holly hired Kay to shoot behind the scenes on a project I was doing. Kay and I clicked right away and I could just tell how clever and creative Kay was and knowing that maybe that wasn't the space where Kay is best to shine. And that was when Kay and I bonded and our first big trip together was to Alaska, which was incredible. And we're planning many more big trips together. So Mark and Peggy, thanks for writing to all of you. Emails can be sent to asklisaann at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Give me some good questions. What do you want to know? If you want to know more about me, I've written two books and they're both available on my store, shoplisaann.com. And I'm going to have a 50% off sale the day after Christmas. So mark your calendar, December 26th. The code at checkout will be sale 50 and everything on my store will be 50% off. That's both books, The Life and the Life Back, and my 2024 adventure calendar where most of the photos were shot by Kay. Uh, so there's that. There's every Thursday night at Sapphire 39. There's every Sunday at Sucker Punch Sports Bar. I go for the early games. That's 1 p.m. They have my wine at both locations, and my wine is now at Ombra in the Lower East Side. It's at all of the uh, Sapphire locations. It's at Sucker Punch. It's going to be landing at Bill's and more locations. To keep tabs on where you can get my wine and when it's going to be available in liquor stores, you'll have to follow the socials on IG at Lisa by Lisa Ann. Each time I add a location, I add them into the bio right there. So you'll be able to click that bio, find their Instagram, find where they are and get your hands on my red Norello Mascalese and my white Micrillo. I feel like there's probably something I'm truly forgetting, which may be the fact that I'm super excited about Better Halves on Raw Comedy, Sirius XM. Check it out. Give us a photo, a follow on social at Better Halves SXM. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much to Jess and Dale. I always abbreviate Jess because uh, Jess, so Jessica and Dale from Branded Scan for joining us to talk about this, this, how this all works and what we all can do to protect our brand and likeness. I am loving using the platform. It's been so efficient for me and it really helps me keep my finger on the pulse of everything I'm doing. So thank you for their time. If you want to go back and listen to previous episodes, or maybe you choose to watch them, just search the Lisa Ann experience on wherever you listen to podcasts or go to my YouTube channel, 
to get your past episodes there. Thank you for joining me for an all new episode of the Lisa Ann Experience. Thank you.